Okay, let's start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam Om Namo Siddhanam Om Namo Ayariyanam Om Namo Uvachayanam Namo Lohe Savasahunam Eso Panchanamo Karo Sava Pava Panasano Mangalalancha Savesim Paramam Havei Mangalam Paramam Havei Mangalam Alright, so I sent to the group this morning the Tattvarta Sutra. The Tattvarta Sutra was written by Acharya Umaswami a very long time ago. And this edition, the English translation, was by Vijay Jain. Uh, feel free to check on it on your phone and follow along as we go along. I thought we'd take a look at it, and um, if we like the way it's going, then we can continue. And if we don't, if it's not helping you, then we can stop. The Tattvartha Sutra is written in ten chapters. Um, faith and knowledge, living, the geography, celestial beings, non-livings, and then we talk about ashrav, the five vows, bund, uh, samvara nirdra, and moksha. So let's jump right into it. Page two. Right faith, right knowledge, and right conduct together constitute the path to liberation. I love this, right? I opened this book because I want to talk about liberation. How do I get to liberation? Boom, right there. Right faith, right knowledge, and right conduct. That's it. This book doesn't beat around the bush. You get right to the goods. It's all right there. And my next question is, what is right faith, right knowledge, and right conduct? Boom, number two. Belief in substances ascertained as they are is right faith. It tells me right there, the next one. What is right faith? Belief in the substances as they are. That is, perception of reality as it is. And belief that these substances make up the world. That's right faith. Great, my next question. How do I attain it? Boom, the next one, page three. This right faith is attained by intuition or by acquisition of knowledge. We know that because we know that our, one of the characteristics of our soul is omniscience, right? So if you listen to your soul, you will have right faith. But you can also acquire right faith by acquisition of knowledge. Great. Hey, come on in. We're talking about the Tattvartha Sutra, which I um, mailed to the group. So feel free to pull out your phone. Uh, look at the PDF and follow along. Uh, page three. The soul, the non-soul, influx, bondage, stoppage, gradual disassociation, and liberation constitute reality. Okay, you might know these as Jeev, Ajeev, Ashrav, Band, Samvar, Nirdra, and Moksha, right? That's it right there. So if you're wondering where we got these, like, why are these the, um, what do we call them? These are not elements. What do we call these? The seven, I forget, that's fine. Um, you might be wondering, why are these, why are there the seven and why are they these things and why are they, well, it's right here. It's in black and white. Okay, it's page three. These are the things that constitute reality. 
And I'd like to stop here for a second. We're going to go pretty fast because it's pretty long, but I'd like to take some time when we need to in that these are the only things that exist. Because remember, the soul and karma and matter, these are the, every, everything around you is the soul and karma and matter, right? And so remember that when we say everything is an illusion, what we mean is that we can't see with our eyes and we can't see the real reality. That is, this around us is the manifestation of Jeev, Ajeev, Ashrav, Ban, Samvar, Nirdra, and Moksha. Everything that exists is the manifestation of these basic elements. Next. These are installed in four ways, by name, representation, substance, which is potentiality, and actual state. So the elements of the universe have different modes, and that's how we know that, because of page three. Page four, knowledge. Knowledge is attained by means of pramana and naya. Pramana means comprehensive knowledge, and naya means standpoint, or where you view it from, your subjectivity. Great, you know, we talked about right faith, right knowledge, right actions, right? We talked about right faith. Boom, we're going into right knowledge. It's here, it's here in black and white for you, in case you were confused about what we're talking about. There are two types of knowledge. Uh, there are seven categories, and this is how you attain knowledge, right? So, okay, what's the next question? Seven categories, here we go. Page number four. Knowledge of the seven categories is attained by description, ownership, cause, resting place, duration, and division. That is, these are how you attain these two types of knowledge. The seven categories are also known by existence, number, which is enumeration, place or abode, extent of space, time, interval of time, thought activity, and reciprocal comparison. So you see that the book is written in what is called aphorism style, right? That is, we could probably have a whole class or a half a class on each one of these sentences because it's like, here are these seven things, here are these 16 things, like that, right? So it's kind of really condensed knowledge that you're supposed to ponder and think about each one. You're supposed to go slow, right? So. I mean, this is a whole lifetime of work here is that, okay, we, I told you we had these seven categories and these are the characteristics of knowledge. These are the metadata of knowledge that you can have. Okay, here we go. Knowledge is of five kinds, sensory, scriptural, clairvoyance, telepathy, and omniscience. Right? So your soul, as we know, is omniscient and it's bound by karma, which obscures your knowledge. And as you slowly perform nirdra and get rid of your karma, you'll uncover these five types of knowledge. You already have sensorial knowledge. You're getting scriptural knowledge right there. You're going to uncover clairvoyance. You're going to uncover telepathy. And finally, you'll uncover omniscience as you move along the path. Okay, the five kinds, out of the five kinds of knowledge, there are two types of valid knowledge, two types of brahmana. Okay, next question, of course, is what are the two kinds? Page six. The first of the two kinds are indirect and direct. The three, uh, the, sorry. The first of the two kinds are indirect. The second of the two kinds are direct. And there are 
three types of direct knowledge. What are those? Sensory cognition, remembrance, recognition, induction, and deduction are synonyms. Okay, so here's an interesting one. That this is a kind of... So you might come to certain realizations when you study this. Let's go over this again. These are the same. This book is telling us, Acharya Umasvati is telling us these are the same. Sensory cognition, remembrance, recognition, induction, and deduction are the same. They're all brain processes, right? So when you sense something, that's the same as when you remember something. Because when you remember something, you can feel certain things. You can, um, and when you recognize something, that's the same type type of knowledge, right? These are direct or indirect? These are direct. Direct. Yeah. Okay, page seven. These are caused by senses and the mind. You have a mind. We'll go over that later. The four divisions of sensory knowledge. Okay, so you'll so by now if you haven't realized it, Jainism is like this tremendously long outline. Okay, where the, everything is subdivided into categories. So we had right faith, right knowledge, and right conduct. We talked about right faith, now we're talking about right knowledge. We talked about seven categories and two types, and now we're talking about four divisions of one of the, no, four divisions of one of the five categories of the two types. The four divisions of sensory knowledge are apprehension. This is the third definition of the word. This doesn't mean fear. This means understanding. Apprehension, speculation, perceptual judgment, and retention. That is, these are the four different types of sensory knowledge. Uh, don't try to write this down. I think you're going to get, it's going to go too fast for you. It's written down here for you. Acharya Umaswati wrote it down here for you. Um, so just try to understand what we're going through. Uh, page 8, the subdivisions are more. There's more. There's even some we don't know about. Quick, hidden, unexpressed, lasting, and the opposites of each one of those. Okay, these are the attributes of substances, which are objects. There is only one apprehension, which means understanding, of indistinct things. Indistinct understanding does not arise by means of the eyes and mind. So this is what we're talking about. Things you cannot perceive with the eye and mind. You can, there are still things out there that you can understand, which are called indistinct. Scriptural knowledge preceded by sensory knowledge is of two kinds, which are of many and twelve subdivisions. So now we're going to talk about knowledge. So if you remember from our previous classes, there's many types of knowledge. Does anybody remember them? If not... Acharya Umaswati is going to tell us about it. Clairvoyance, remember, is avninyan, based on birth, is possessed by celestial and infernal beings. So, uh, organisms in heaven and hell automatically have avninyan with this clairvoyance. Clairvoyance from destruction, cum subsidence, uh, i.e. arising on the lifting of the veil, is of six kinds. Okay, six types of avninyan. It is acquired by the rest. Um, that means that we acquire clairvoyance. It is not given to us at birth like in heavenly and hellish beings, infernal beings. Next, Rujmati and Vipulmati are the two kinds of telepathy, which is Manapariyaya. Remember, we have Avninyan, we have Manapariyaya, and there's two types of those. 
two types of telepathy. The difference between the two types of telepathy are due to purity and infallibility. Next, telepathy, mahapariyaya, and clairvoyance of the Inyan differ with regard to purity, space, nor, and objects. Hi, come on in. No problem. Today we're going through the Tattvarta Sutra. And um, we're going kind of fast, but if we like what we're doing and if you think it has relevance to your life, then we might continue. We're talking about right faith, right knowledge, and right actions, which is chapter one. Chapter one. Uh, I sent it to your phone. Yep. If you want to follow along, we're on page 11. Next, the range of sensory knowledge and scriptural knowledge extends to all the six substances, but not to all their modes. That is, we know the things that make up the universe, and they have a lot of modes, which we'll talk about. That is, these combine in different ways to create everything around us, so obviously it's very complicated. Um, the things we know about them are not complete. So that's what this is telling you. Next, page 12. The scope of clairvoyance is that which has form. So the things and the people, or once you get clairvoyance, remember, because you're a soul and you're going to get clairvoyance if you perform near dry enough, are the, about the things that are physical. The scope of telepathy, though, is the infinitesimal part of the matter ascertained by clairvoyance. So telepathy is much more powerful than clairvoyance. Next, omniscience Skevelnyan extends to all entities and their modes simultaneously. This is how you know that one of the characteristics of the soul is omniscience, because it's right here in black and white. Next, from one up to four kinds of knowledge can be possessed simultaneously by a single soul. Well, what are these? That's next. Sensory knowledge, scriptural knowledge, clairvoyance may also be erroneous. That is, they are not necessarily true. So how do you know it's, how is it knowledge if it's not true? That's an interesting question. Something to ponder. Next, owing to the lack of discrimination between the real and the unreal, Wrong knowledge is whimsical as that of a lunatic. And we've seen these before, right? You've seen people that just totally believe the world is a different way than it is. And the conclusions they draw are just fantastic, you know? Like, you especially see this with kids, but a lot of adults, too, think that the, and the world is governed by rules and society is governed by rules. And you see some people believe like, oh, the rules don't apply to me, or the rules are different than what they are. And the conclusions that they draw from them are crazy. And yeah, we see that for extremists, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so uh, apparently there's crazy people in all sorts of times, even in Acharya Umaswati's time. Next, the figurative, the synthetic, the analytic, the straight, the verbalistic, the conventional, and the specific are the standpoints that are these are the subjective types of knowledge you can have this whole book is written like this and it may be because of the language but you get to the subject of the sentence at the very end and then you realize you have to go back and read it all the examples come first and then you get to what we're talking about so you have to read it a couple times to get through it hey that's chapter one <laughs> questions on chapter one this is the Sutra, so this must be for the seven tattvas, right? The seven question you ask? Right. Those are the main chapters, but there's also additional chapters. There are ten chapters. He thought some more was important mm -hmm. to go over.
Questions or comments? Going too fast? So the first chapter we covered the introduction and then we just touched the right knowledge. Correct? Right faith, faith, right knowledge. That's what the chapter, the name of the chapter is. Okay. Chapter two, the category of the living. The distinctive characteristics of the soul are the thought activities arising from subsidence, destruction, destruction, cum subsidence of karma, the rise of karmas, and the inherent nature of the capacity of the soul. Okay, so you, so these are not kind of self-contained. You'll see the next one is that these are of two, nine, eighteen, twenty-one, and three kinds respectively. That is, uh, there are two. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, is that right? One, two, three, four, five, yes, okay. So there are two thought activities, nine, destruction, 18, destruction, cum subsidence, 21, rise of karma, and three kinds of inherent nature of the soul. So I'm sure we're going to go over them. Yes, we are. Number two. The two kinds are right belief and right conduct. So you have to remember the two kinds of what? Thought activities. The two kinds of thought activities are right belief and right conduct. The nine kinds of... Oh, see, so I have to flip back and forth. Yeah, the nine kinds of... Destruction. The nine kinds of destruction are knowledge, perception, gift gain, enjoyment, re-enjoyment, energy, etc. <laughs> we are only talking about seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. We only got six of the nine. And then... Acharya Umaswati hit us with an etc. He doesn't know the nine types. He only knows six of the nine types. So you see, he's just a person. He's just a man. The 18 kinds of, I think we're on destruction, cum subsidence. Mm -hmm. Knowledge, wrong knowledge, perception, attainment. Oh, oh so uh, these types, there are four, three, three, and five types of those then right faith and conduct, and mixed disposition of restraint and non-restraint. So everything that's in the book are examples of these. So remember that. These, this is just telling us that these are them. These are the conditions of existence, the passions, sex, wrong belief, wrong knowledge, non-restraint, non-attainment of perfection, coloration, which are four, four, three, one, 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 and six kinds. So you'll see we're deep in the outline, okay? If this was like a Roman numeral outline, we're on 1A, 1, sub A, sub 1, sub yeah. 3. Okay, so we're deep in the outline here. Okay, and we're going to talk about each one of these, and that's why this is so long. All right. It's difficult to follow. Yeah. Right. Right. The three are... The principle of life, the capacity for salvation, and incapacity for salvation. Consciousness is the differentia, which is the distinctive characteristic of the soul. That is, one of the characteristics of your soul is consciousness. That is the main point. That is the difference between jiv and ajiv, is consciousness. Two types of consciousness and these in turn are of eight and four kinds. So of the two types of consciousness, there are eight of the first kind and two of the second kind. Okay, the two types are the transmigrating and emancipated souls. We know that. That's the whole point. One is stuck in the cycle of birth and death and one is emancipated. The two kinds of 
souls stuck in the cycle of birth and death are those with minds and without minds. The, the transmigrating souls are mobile and immobile. Earth, water, fire, air, and plants are immobile. The mobile beings are the two sense beings and onwards. There are five senses. If you know, this is what theoretically what Mahavir said, what people transmitted orally, and what eventually uh, Acharya Umaswati wrote down. There are five senses. The senses are of two kinds: physical and. Oh, we're just going to talk about the first one. The physical sense consists of accomplishment of the organs itself and means or instruments, that is, the protection of it. The psychic sense, the second one, consists of attainment and consciousness. What are the five senses? Touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing. What are the objects of the senses? That is, what do the senses perceive? Touch, taste, smell, color, and sound. Scriptural knowledge is the province of the mind. And up to the end of plants, there is only one sense. So, the types of animals that have more than one sense, the worm, the ant, the bee, and the man, have each one sense more than the preceding one. So, two senses is worm, three senses is ants, four senses is bee, and five senses is man. The five sense being with minds are called samji jivas. Samni jivas. Okay, we're on page 25. In transmit... In transit from one body to another, there is vibration of the karmic body only. So this is how we know that when we die, the body gets left behind, the soul goes to another body. Alright? This is how we know that. Transit takes place in rows, straight lines in space. Your soul moves in a straight line after it leaves your body. And it wants to go upward. We'll see that later. The movement of a liberated soul is without bend. Your soul wants to go upward to see the Silla, but because you have a karmic body, it bends. It wants to go in a straight line. If you're a liberated soul, you go straight up. The movement of transmigrating skulls is with bend, but prior to the fourth instant. That is, the amount of time it takes for your soul to travel. Movement without a bend takes one instant. So in one instant, your soul wants to go to see the Silla, but the karmic body bends the direction of your soul into the next body. For one, two, or three instants, the soul remains non-assimilative. That means it's in migration to the next body. Birth is by spontaneous generation from the uterus or in the special bed. Okay, this is where it gets dangerous. You have to read the rest to understand this part. And so I would try to explain it to you, but it's explained in the rest. That is, Obviously, you didn't spontaneously generate, okay? And you don't know what a special bed is yet, but we're going to get to that. We're on page 27. Living matter, cold, covered, their opposites, the, each one of the three, and their combinations are the nuclei severally. Okay, I'm going to tell you there are some things I don't understand in this book. That's one of them. And I'll tell you. And if you understand it, then you come back and you tell me what it means because I want to know. Uterine birth is of three kinds, umbilical, umbilical, that is, with the sac, incubatory, which is from an egg, and unumbilical, without the covering sac. Everybody knows that some babies are born with the sac around them because it did not break during... Hey, come on in. Uh, the birth of celestial and infernal beings is in special beds. Okay, here we go. So now we're starting to understand. That is, we're talking about the birth of celestial and infernal beings... Um, they, 
have these things called special beds, which are box beds. Um, celestial beings are born in boxes, and infernal beings are hung from the ceilings of the hole in hell. <laughs> That's how they're born. The birth of the rest is by spontaneous generation. The gross, the transformable, the projectable or assimilative, the luminous, and the karmic are the five types of bodies. This is why it's so frustrating. Why don't you just tell me we're talking about the five types of bodies first. Okay, so these are the five types of bodies. That's how we know um, what the bodies are, is because Acharya Umaswati told us. The bodies are more and more subtle successively. That is, this is my gross body, you can see it. My transformable body you cannot see. The projectable body you definitely can't see. The luminous and the karmic body is going to take some time for you to see. Prior to the luminous body, each body has innumerable, innumerable times the number of space points of the previous one. This is an important idea. Space is finite. It is made of space points. There is a, it's digital. That is, it's not a continuous thing, I believe. And that each of... We know about, if you know about math, you know that there are different concepts of infinity. Some infinities are larger than other infinities. You need to know that here because each of the, um, prior to the luminous body, each of the bodies has an innumerable number of space points compared to the previous one. Okay, so it's uh, more, more innumerable than the last body. The last two have, the last two bodies have infinite space points. They're without impediment. And they're the, these are of the beginning less association also. <clears throat> All right, we're still talking, chapter two, we're talking about living beings, right? Okay, so who wants to talk about garlic and potatoes? That's coming up in page 32. Commencing with these, up to four bodies can be had by simultaneously by a single soul. Well, we knew that, right? You have a bunch of bodies. Your soul is, uh, is bound to a bunch of bodies. The last is not a means of enjoyment. Yeah, you don't enjoy your physical body. The first is of uterine birth and spontaneous generation. That's you, so not heavenly and hellish beings. The, trans the first body, sorry. The transformable body originates by birth and in special beds. So when you're born, that's when you get your transformable body. Attainment is also the cause of its origin. The luminous body is also caused by attainment. The project so now we're talking about the five types of bodies. The projectable body, which is auspicious and pure and without impediment, originates in the saint of the sixth stage only. The infernal beings and spontaneously generated are of the neuter sex. There are no male and females in hell. They are all neuter sex. The celestial beings are not of neuter sex. Why? Because they get to have sex, which we'll see later on. The rest are of the three, sense, three sexes. That is, the animals and the humans are of three sexes, male, female, and neuter. The lifetime of beings born in special beds, remember, special beds are celestial and hellish beings. Those with final superior bodies and those of innumerable years cannot be cut short. You can cut your lifetime short. Animals can cut their lifetime short. Heavenly and hellish beings cannot cut their lifetimes short. Okay, great. Hey, chapter two done. C questions, comments on chapter two of the Tathvarta Sutra. Oh, all right. Only halfway done. And we got two chapters. Going too fast? Too fast? Okay, you want to talk about it more? You want to talk about each one more? Yeah, at least get a 
summary view of what we understood from the first or the second chapter and then we move to okay that way i don't know if it can be done but uh, otherwise right. i i cannot really uh, follow right. everything on this so here we talked about the living um the living being so the first chapter we discussed um well, I opened this book because I want to go to moksha. How do I do that? And well, this Acharya Umaswati said, right faith, right knowledge, and right conduct. And he told me, he told us what right faith and right knowledge were. And, but that's not the end of the story, right? Because in order to understand those things, I have to understand Jeev and Ajeev. And the first one is Jeev. So he devotes the second chapter to Jeev. And well... There are different types of jeev. There are these four. There's celestial, infernal, human, and animals, which we're going to talk about later. And I have to understand about the transmigration of the soul in order to understand about liberation, right? So that's why we went over chapter two. Questions or comments? Comment. Uh, I've been listening to uh, Gandharvad. Uh, Chaitalbhai's dad is teach, uh, talking about Gandharvad every Sunday and it's exactly the same thing you talked about uh, Jeev and Ajeev and how to attain moksha and uh, for, I, I don't know if does everybody know Gandharvad what is it and why don't you tell us so the Gandharvad is uh, it's at least uh, from what it's been explained so far uh, is there's 11 11 Brahmins including Gautam Swami uh, when they went to Mahavir Swami they had 11 questions and I don't remember all 11, but I can tell you the first one was, does Atma exist? Mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, is, is there a thing like karma? Right. Is there pap or punyan pap? Is there, does it exist? These are all the questions they have. Uh, is uh, body and uh, chetana, which Atma and, is there Atma and body two different things or just one? When the body dies, um, these are all the different questions that we have. And uh, he's explaining the, the same thing using Gandharvad and a uh, there was two phases. One, uh, one of the Muni actually did uh, explain what Gandharvad is, and the second, it's about 48 gathas or something like that. And there is 400 and something gathas where they actually answered all these questions. And uh -huh. uh, this 11 Gandhar, and every time in Pariushan, the sixth day of Pariushan, they talk about Gandharvad. And just the first two lectures that we had so far was so amazing. I mean, it's like they, you almost have to draw things and imagine things and <laughs> uh, picture it out. And it's very similar here, what we're talking about, uh, Jeev and Ajeev, and how, you know, we all want to know how do we exist, how do we come out of Nikod, and how do we get the celestial bodies that uh, we have, and things like that. So, again, I, I don't have a lot of parallel, but that's very similar to what I, I just heard in a short time I was here versus what's being taught there so it's the same same goal path moksha and how do we achieve it and understanding uh, to get there okay chapter three the lower world and the middle world the lower world remember is hell the middle world is where we are right now the lower world i have a question yeah you mentioned something about uh potatoes and garlic yeah is it next or is it already done in chapter two? yeah you know what i misspoke there um we're gonna talk about that later we're gonna talk about um how multiple souls can inhabit the same body. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, that that one was actually one soul can have multiple bodies, which we know. But we're talking. We're going to talk about the converse later. Okay. Uh, that's coming up. 
Okay, so the lower world, the hellish world, consists of seven Earths, one below the other, surrounded by three types of air and space. So how do we know that there? Why why is the why does the book say that you know there are seven levels of hell? We know it because of this, right? There Ratna, Sarkara, Valuka, Panka, Duma, Tama, and Mahatma. I don't, I'm not sure that's right. <laughs> All right. In these are how many? Okay, let's skip to the end. Infernal abodes. Okay. Okay, there are this, there are this many places in hell, right? The thought, coloration, environment, body, suffering, and shape of the body are incessantly more inauspicious in succession among the infernal beings. As, as you get lower, it gets worse. Okay? Everything gets worse. These Specifically these things. And thought coloration is very important. We're going to get to that. It's very important we understand that. They cause pain and suffering to one another. The hellish beings are all fighting. Pain is also caused by the incitement of malevolent asurkumaras prior to the fourth earth. That is, prior to the fourth one, we, um, we know that they incite pain in each other. The infernal regions, the maximum duration of life is 1, 3, 7, 10, 17, 22, and 33. Sagaropamas. How long is a Sagaropama? This is going to be very important. Can somebody look it up for me? How long? A Sagaropama. This is going to be very important. Uh, look it up on your phone. I don't think it's going to be there. It's not in the Bible, though. Uh, I doubt it. Here when we talk about uh, these uh, different worlds, the lower world and the middle world, these are like physical spaces or yes. states of Absolutely. consciousness? Or? Absolutely. So this is pretty important. Um, we're in the middle world. We're talking about the lower world, which is hell. And there are seven, seven levels. And they each have a, these different amount of places. And so we're describing what goes on in the lower world. And here we're on... How long is the hellish being's life? But they are physical places, just like this one, just like the one you see around you. Okay, so while we're looking up that, uh, Jambuvipa, Lavanoda, and the rest are continents and the oceans with auspicious names. This is very confusing. This is the middle world. We have suddenly jumped to talking about the middle world, okay? Hey, come on in. These are of double the diameter of the preceding ones and circular in shape, each encircling the immediately preceding one. Okay, all right, so let us go. Let us spend some time talking about these worlds. Okay. All right. 39. Page 39. 39. One, two, three, four. Okay, call that seven. Okay, so this is the shape of the universe. It's a 3D thing. So it looks like this, right? Okay. And but imagine that I walked in a circle, right? So it's 3D. Okay, I can't draw it 3D on here. We're talking about the lower world. These are your seven hellish worlds. This is the upper world. These are the 13 or something heavenly worlds. We're in the middle world. These are physical places. All right, and this is Siddhasila. This is where all the um, liberated souls live. That's why your soul wants to go straight up, 
but then it bends because you have a karmic body, it bends. And then it doesn't go straight up, it goes to one of these other places. So now I'm going to look at the middle world from the top, okay? From the top, it looks like this, okay? That is, this, I'm looking at this from the side, and I'm looking, now I'm looking at it from this way, all right? That's what this looks like. We're here. This is land, okay? This is water, this is land, this is water. This is what we're going to be describing in the book, okay? And now, when I say this is land, I mean, when we know what science knows about the stars and the end of the universe and all that, all that is right here, okay? Beyond that, which we've never seen, which we might never see, there is a huge ocean that's bigger than that. And beyond that is even more land, okay? What this universe is made of, even more. That's bigger than that, all right? So that's what we talk about when we say encircling one another. That's what it means. And they all have names, all right? So they're called Jum Jambuvipa, Lavanoda, and the rest. Those are the continents and the oceans. That's what we're talking about, land and water. Um... They are double the diameter of the preceding ones, circular in shape, each encircling the immediately preceding one. So, as you can see, a picture is worth a thousand words there. In the middle of these oceans and continents is Jambuvipa. That's where we live, which is round and is 100,000 yojans in diameter. This is going to be very important. Did anybody find out how long that was? Absolutely. No? Okay. I need... What? You found out? No, no. Oh. You're talking about yojana. Now I need you to look up how big is a yojan. This is going to be very important for us. This is one of the things he explained during the... And I don't remember, but he explained <laughs> during the... Okay, uh, so let me know when you mountain. find out how big a yojan is. Right? Yeah, Mount Meru so, is... Yeah. So, Sagaropama? Yeah. He's 10 raised to 15 times... <laughs> Paliopams, right? Yeah. Paliopam, so, so. 10 to the 15 Paliopams. Yeah, so what is Paliopams? Like, yeah. Yojan is 12 to 15 kilometers. 12 to the 15th kilometers, okay. So how, how big was Jambu feet? You said 12, or 12 to 15 or 12 to, to the To the 15. No, no. Well, this is 12-15 km. Oh, okay. No, no, yeah, yeah it's 12, 12 to, to the 15. 15. 12 to 15. 12 so to the, the 15. middle one, Jambuvipa, is 100,000 yojans. So now you can see why space is so big, right? 100,000 of 12 to the 15th kilometers, right? And Mount Meru is at the very center. Okay, what are the names of the regions? Bharat, Hamivata, Hari, Vieda, Ramyaka, Hairan Yavata and Airavat are the seven regions. All right. So the mountain chains, here are the names of the mountains that divide these regions east to west. These are, I don't, these are not mountains, I don't think, that we're used to. These are not like you picture a mountain, you picture Mount Everest. These are like mountains on that scale. That is you would not consider them mountains. You'd consider them amazing colossal structures that wouldn't even fit in your mind. I don't think we're talking... Does anybody think we're talking about actual mountains here? I don't think so. Because they divide these seven regions. Yeah, no. And what are... Are we talking about these seven regions? Let me see. Where are the seven regions? 
Yeah, it's the middle world. It's the seven regions of the middle world. So these mountains are not anything you consider to be a mountain, okay? One yojan says four, five, four, five miles. Okay, so you just need to know it's really big, right? And a Saryogopam is really long, like unfathomably long. The mountains are golden, white, gold, blue, silvery, and golden again. The sides of the mountain are studded with various jewels, and the mountains are of equal width at the foot and in the middle and at the top. Okay, so nothing that you would consider a mountain. <laughs> this is like, you know, I'll tell you what this is like. This is like when you study Greek, myth Greek mythology, right? And you say that um, Zeus bled and his, and his blood created the world like that. This is what we're talking about. Or this is what we're talking about. Like if you look at Viking mythology, right? We're part of the seven worlds. We're in one of the worlds of the seven worlds. And the seven worlds are in a tree. Okay, it's not like, it's like a big tree that's so big you couldn't imagine. And we're just, the whole, everything that we see is one of the seven worlds. Like that. This is what, this is the scale we're talking about. The first lake, remember, the first ocean is 1,000 yojans in length and half in breadth. The depth is 10 yojans. In the middle of the first lake, there's the size of the lotus of one yojan. So if you ever get out there, you could see an amazing, some amazing sights. The lakes as well as the lotuses are of double the magnitude. Yes? Yeah, I'm saying, where are we going? Yeah, <laughs> I want to go. Yeah, no, talking about yojans, in Ramayana, there is that uh, when uh, Hanuman uh, uh, swam across uh, the ocean uh, to go to Lanka, they say it's about thousand, uh, 100 yojans, I think. Right. Yeah, that's what the... Right. Show, and the story, 100 mm -hmm. So it's like 1,500 kilometers. Yeah. So, measure the distance and like inside the these <laughs> huge lotuses, there live beings, nymphs. You can go meet one whose lifetime is one palya and who live with samanikas and paristikas. Okay. All right, so these rivers, the Ganga, the Sindhu, the Rohit, we have um, these rivers. They flow across these regions. The first of each pair flows eastwards. The rest are western rivers. So this is what you get, right? So remember where we are in the big picture. Like, theoretically, Mahavir knows everything and tells us everything. And somebody asked him, what's the universe like? And he says, get ready for this. This is going to be an amazing story. <laughs> and so we get kind of these things, whereas... Some of the things we talked in the first chapter are very profound, right? But some of these things that we're going to go over is just, this is what the universe is. Bharat, that region, is 526 and 619th width. We just get a physical description of the universe, all right? The mountains and regions are double. Those in the north are equal to those in the south. There's a rise and a fall during the six periods of the two eons of regeneration and degeneration. The regions other than these are stable. So some regions are stable, some regions are not. We're on page 47. The human beings in Hanvata, Hari, and Devguru are of one, two, and three palyas respectively. Guess what? There are humans in two and a half of the continents. Not just ours. There are humans in other places too. 
So that should be pretty profound for us. The condition is the same in the north. The lifetime is a number of years. The width of Bharat is 190th part of Jambuvipa. So, so what is that Palias? How, how big is that? One, two, and three. I don't know. Paliopo. You'll have to tell me. Yeah, that's Paliopo. So they are saying Palias. No, no. Palia is different, Paliopam. Oh, you think it's the same? I, I, that's what I was thinking so far. Paliopam is a measurement of time, though. So Palia saying, is a different. It's a measurement of distance. I'm thinking they're talking about the height, I, I'm guessing. Right. So what are they saying in Hindi, though? Oh, you tell me. <laughs> it's a, it's a ayu, right? ayu, yeah. So it's a time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so page it's time. 49. They're civilized people and they're barbarians. Uh, there are some of the regions are regions of labor. We have to work. The maximum and minimum periods of the lifetime of human beings are three palyas. And, oh, right. So, yes, it is time. Yeah. And antar muhut. Murta. So, in different regions, there we get different amount of life, uh, life expectancy. Same for animals. Oh, great. Finish chapter three. <laughs> That's pretty good. You guys did pretty good. Uh, I know we went through it kind of fast. You're supposed to... We went through it fast because I want to introduce you to these things. So you're not scared about opening it up later on. You know what you're going to get, right? But you're supposed to go through it slow. And consider each set. That's why there are two sentences per page. Because you're supposed to go through it slow. Um, so questions about chapter 3 or questions about any of the chapters we talked about. We talked about right faith, right knowledge. We talked about the living things. And we talked about the lower and middle world. Um, next time we'll talk about the upper world and celestial beings. So just a comment. Yeah. So a few years ago when we used to do this class and Janish was taking it, he started with the very basic right jeev and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was very good, the way we did it. And a lot of this relates back to the basics, right? Sure. Is there any value uh, in going back and maybe brushing up that uh, for others? I don't know. I mean, maybe you are going back and reading the notes. I still have that notebook. Yeah. But I haven't gone back and brush those basics, right? Start with jeev and then all the different you know, the ways to uh, get away from pop and all that. Mm -hmm. I think, because those are the terms we are referencing here. Absolutely. Right? And and I, maybe it would be a value for uh, everyone. I don't know if others agree. Probably a lecture or so on brushing up quickly would be a good idea. Just a suggestion. No, I think that's very good. And that's one of the issues we have, right? Everybody is at a different level. So if I talk about the basics, then some people are going to be bored. And if I talk about advanced, then some people are going to be lost. But I think that that's one of the reasons we put it online. So you can go, go back and listen to it if you need to brush up on the basics. But I don't mean to say that we're not going to talk about those ever again. Yeah. It's a question for me like, oh, do I want to go over the eight types of karma again? Or do I just exactly. say, tell them, oh, it's in the archive, you can look at the discussion. Whichever. But some people don't like to go to the archive, right? So they want to talk about it here. And I'm glad to talk about it here. I love to talk with you about the eight karmas. Uh, but yeah, this is the question, right? Is yeah, It all depends. Others, I mean, if they're comfortable. Yeah, I but how about this? How about this? I'll tell you. You tell me what you want to learn about. We want to go back and have a refresher on, Let's and we'll do it. Okay. 
So you decide what yeah. you want to go over yeah, again. Yeah. And I'll say, here, you can look it up here, or we're going to talk about it next Sunday. And then I'm going to do it next Sunday. Yeah. How that, about that? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah. that's good. So I'll, I'll rely on you to tell me when you want to go back and do something. I think um, what we can do one thing, just a thought. We will request for it, or one of us can monitor and, you know, refresh it. Make a note for it, and you know, present it that way. That's a great idea. That way, you know, let's <laughs> say, yeah. you know, it's you it's a it. it's a refreshment for the person who's doing it and for the whole class. That can be an idea. Yeah. So here's the here's the a pagio pump. Okay. Question. Yeah. So we already know about the smallest element of time is summer, the right. finite element. Right. It's called summer, right? Countless summer makes it one, avlika. Uh, I don't know. 16 million of likas, one maurat, 48 minutes. Mm -hmm. 30 maurats makes one day and night, so 24 hours. 15 days and nights makes it one fortnight. Two fortnights makes one month. 12 months makes one year. We know up to that point. Yeah? Countless, countless years makes it one paliopam. 10 crores of crores of paliopam makes one sagropam. That's what we wanted to know, yeah. 10 crores of crores of sag sagropams make one Utsaparani. Sarpini. Yeah, Usarpini. right. That's one of the phases of our time cycle. Right. Usarpini. Usarpini. And one Usarpini plus one Avsarpini makes one, one Kal Chakra. Right. All the way around. And infinite Kal Chakras make one Udgal Kal. Paravan right. and Kal. So, right. Yeah, 10 crores of crores of Paliopumps makes one. But at the end of the day, it's still countless, right? Because we have countless. It's different versions have, of countless. Yeah. Multiplied by infinity. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the big question. We don't have to go through the rest, okay? Did you get anything out of that? We went fast. Did you get anything out of going through the first three chapters of the third part? So I, I think that one makes sense. And I, I've also seen a YouTube video describing what you just do mm -hmm. similarly uh, Sanjeev Gauda's there is a video exactly on the Jain universe mm -hmm. or uh, whatever you may want to call it and he explains what each of them like you started off with that saying that land water but he exactly tries to connect this yeah, and with what that. you have in yeah. this uh, it's a one hour 20 minutes or one hour 10 minute video I didn't have the patience to listen to the whole thing right but I know it covers exactly what we are talking about, maybe the same topic, uh, but I think if somebody is interested to understand what it means and to see a visual thing, uh, he does exactly the same thing. And then he tries to give some numbers and explain where we are and how big the universe or chain uh, thing is. Right. But do you want to do this? Next time, do you want to go through chapters three through seven next time? You tell me. It's fine if you say no. You know, it's fine if you're like, listen, we went through this too fast. I, I don't know. This is not a good use of my time. I'm not getting any good thoughts. And we can stop. Before you, before you delete, there's one more thing I want to show you. Oh, okay. Um, what you mentioned right here, and just to compare with what we know our knowledge, right? So we are in the Milky Way galaxy, right? which is kind of spiral, spiral galaxy, galaxy right. right? And we probably in one of the wings right, right here. that's where we are. And this is our solar system right there, right? Right. So in this solar system, anything, this is your sun and 
you know, different. The moon and other uh, planets. This is our, our, our Earth going around, and you have other planets going around. So at some distance is, is your solar distance, if you say. After that, solar has no gravitational pull. The sun has no gravitational pull. We put the Voyager 2 out in 1969, NASA, okay? It has reached beyond the solar system. So it is an interstellar space, which is right now 11.2 billion miles from Earth, yeah? And they lost some power last week because of overheating some element, and they finally got the whole thing back, and now fully functioning, still, still fully functioning, sending the data. It takes 17 hours to send one click back mm -hmm. and forth. Mm -hmm which is outside the interstellar space, meaning outside the solar system, but we have not even reached outside the galaxy. Yeah, we haven't reached the next star. And, and it, yes, and we do not even know how many galaxies mm -hmm. exist, right. which once we combine all of that, we be part of this guy. Yeah, that's gonna be part of that. Part of that guy. All the space and all the stars you see and all the planets you see that you see these pictures, they're still in the it middle. We haven't dot. hit the ocean yet. Yeah. We haven't even, we might not even never discover the ocean. At the end of the universe, our visible universe. Right. Right, very important point. And so, but, okay, so I still don't know an answer to my question. Do we want to do this next time? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, it, and it's okay. And on some level, there's a criticism, right? Like, on some level, this doesn't matter. You don't need to know this to be liberated, you don't need to know the geography. You need to know about karma, and you need to know about nirdra and that. But you don't need to know that there are exactly seven hells. Right? So on some level, it doesn't matter. But on, it's interesting, right? It and some people, some people find it interesting, and this is what everybody learns in different ways. This is what keeps some people going. This is what convinces some people that Jainism is true, because they're specific. The universe is this big, and there are these mountains, and... Some people really appreciate that, and you know, some people don't. So, take um, take what you will of it. And so, um, that's all I have for you today. I want Bhavan to assign the scripts to different people. Uh, can we do that? Yeah. Do we have time to do that now? We no can. time. Well, I mean, if we have a volunteer, they want to do certain. Restaurants, we can hit those restaurants. Let me open the list of the restaurants.